So um, today I get the privilege of wrapping up such a great sermon series, the Bless series. And I've got a little visual aid, so each section has got a pot that looks a bit like this. Please take it if you've been given it, to, given it and uh, have a look. You can take the lid off, have a, have a shake around, see what it is, give it a smell, see if you can guess what it is, and pass it back so everyone else gets to see it too. From this distance, you probably can't tell, but this stuff is called sourdough starter. It's also known as, it's something like leaven that Jesus talks about in the Bible, um, and it's been used for thousands of years to make bread rise. Uh, I use it all the time because when I'm not a cap debt center manager, I run a micro bakery from my house. So I use this stuff to make loaves each week. Um, and it's amazing, it's wonderful stuff. This little tiny pot of squidgy, weird, bubbly goo can be used to make as many loaves as it would take to feed this whole room. Um, it's powerful stuff. It's unlikely, and it doesn't look very promising, but it's powerful stuff. In the verse in um, Matthew, Jesus talks about it. There we go. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast we don't know the word, but it's this stuff, it's leaven, it's sourdough starter, um, a woman used to, in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in the three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. You may be wondering, what is the kingdom of heaven? It's not a faraway place in the clouds. Jesus said that it's close at hand. It's the rule and reign of God, where things are done God's way. And in the words of Alpha's Nicky Gumbel, the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is not just about the conversion of individuals, important though that is, but about the transformation of society. Wow. And what does this weird, gooey, sourdough stuff have to do with the transformation of society in our Bless series? Well, like Starter, like Leaven, the kingdom of heaven is humble, but growing. A small amount quickly multiplies, and if you put that little pot out on your work surface, or even in your fridge, it will bubble out and make a great big mess. The kingdom of heaven is invisible, but powerful. Like I said, a small amount can be used to transform a sack of inedible flour into nutritious bread. And the kingdom of heaven is not meant to be kept apart in a jam jar, um, it's meant, or to be observed. It's meant to be spread throughout the flower to make a difference, worked into every part of society. And that's where we come in. That's our job, isn't it? Um, to seek first the kingdom. We're not called to huddle together out of sight, waiting for Jesus to take us home, but to go out into society like the leaven through flour to bring the kingdom into every street, surgery, Football pitch, office, lab, boardroom, um, ward, studio, warehouse, wherever we find ourselves, we take the kingdom, the goodness of God, sharing his way of doing things, the goodness, the power, the presence of the Lord we carry with us, like leaven turning uh, dry flour into good bread. And being together is great, but it's so important we don't just hang out together. Lobs, uh, blobs of leaven in a loaf would be really bad news. My bakery would soon close down. We have to be worked right through. And if you've never done it, the, the picture, the image of working leaven through flour, 
by hand, it may not be familiar to you, but it's really hard work. It takes time and effort. Uh, and in an age of bread mixers and uh, shops with bread in every single shop, you'll find bread, sliced bread. This image isn't familiar to us. But I imagine that everyone hearing Jesus talking would have been familiar with the sight of their mum huffing and puffing over a great big bowl of flour and leaven, pushing it through. I don't have a mixer in my bakery, uh, but I make 60 to 80 loaves every week, so this is very familiar to me. It's actually my least favourite part, because it's so tiring. <laughs> Um, and leaven doesn't go nicely into flour, like that modern yeast granules that you can buy in the shop. That, you just go and it's through. This stuff, you have to push and pull and draw in all the flour, and even after quite a while, you just get a shaggy mess, and you have to keep going. Uh, you need more time and more effort until it's worked all the way through, stretching and folding the dough until it's lovely and smooth and bouncy. Working the kingdom into every corner of society is a joy and a privilege, but it does require effort. And you wouldn't know it from looking at your little pot that's probably gone all the way around now, but sourdough starter is made up of millions of little tiny wild yeasts, each one making their contribution, each one important, none of them left just to look. And I encourage you, church, that each one of our contributions may be small, but together we have a huge impact. You may remember Andy speaking about leaves on the line and how one soggy leaf couldn't stop a toy train. But millions of leaves, all of us working together, all of us followers of Jesus, bringing the kingdom, can take down a network. <laughs> We're called to be carriers of the kingdom, good news to the poor, peacemakers, working for justice, seeking out, spending time with, and giving dignity to those societies discarded, or those who don't know there's hope in Jesus. We all get to be agents of change in our community. So as we talk about these practices of bless, the five practices that Jesus modeled to us, they are the way that we get to work the kingdom through our town. So let's remember them. Who can remember B? What's B? L? Very good. E? You've got it. S? Is it all up there? And the last S? Fabulous. Thank you. So I'm going to look at each one of them through the metaphor of the leaven through flour, and hopefully the Lord will have something to speak to each one of us. So before everything, pray. We've talked about... Uh, finding our primary place of blessing, whether that's our community, our workplace, or perhaps the place we tend to hang out. But whichever we choose, if we don't open our eyes to the need, if, we don't, if we're not bothered by the outcome, we won't pray. If we don't see local people struggling on low incomes, or colleagues being mistreated at work, or others living with isolation, we won't be motivated to pray for them. Remember how Jesus wept looking out over Jerusalem. I wonder if we have wept over Reading. Because knowing about suffering is, isn't enough. We need to see it and be moved. And just as Jesus was so moved by compassion that he came to live amongst us and he was famous for getting up early to pray and staying up late to pray, he's our model if you're not in the habit yet of praying for our town, for your part of our town, why not ask God to show you um, a part of Reading that grieves his heart, maybe where the leaven hasn't yet got through. 
And let's be a people that follow Jesus into the places that are sore, that are hurting and need him. And may he link us up with others, give us courage to get going, Um, sorry, wisdom to know where to start and courage to keep going. For some of us, like Rob Glover, in prayer, we might hear the Lord call us into something that's linked to our work. You may remember that he was a social worker, but God called him to use his skills and gifts over in China, where over time he was able to influence government policy so that rather than putting their children who had no parents into orphanages, they were able to match them up with loving families so that they could thrive in the way that God has made us, that the lonely are put in families and the orphans are taken care of. Perhaps like my husband Rich, you'll be called out of your job to do something entirely different. Over time, Rich heard many stories of men struggling to find their way into adulthood, being without a father that was involved in their lives. And out of that, Chapter 2 grew, which is a mentoring charity that we have um, here, whereby lads growing up without dads are linked with a male mentor who stays with them long term just to offer that steady, loving presence. It may be that it's nothing to do with your work at all. Perhaps you'll join the RFCs that are fostering or adopting, or perhaps those that are caring for refugees in their homes. There's so much. There's something for everyone. Um, When I spoke to Kat Rundell about the stats, there's 280 children in Reading in care, which is more than twice the number we have in RFC kids. So they're twice the number of all those children we have in our kids' groups growing up without a secure family. That's not okay. For me, uh, a career in Sainsbury's uh, allowed God to open my eyes to the people that work very hard, unseen, unappreciated, underpaid, I would say, hard jobs on low pay. And compassion grew, and that's, from that, um, the CAP Centre started, the CAP Debt Centre, 13 years ago. It's been such a joy to work with a number of debt coaches over the years to see many people find freedom from debt, 120 households so far, about 35 more on the books, working their way out of debt. Yay. Um, And now it's time for a new season. So at the end of this year, I am delighted to be handing the CAP Centre over to my colleague, Suze Mitchell. Hopefully you've got a picture of her coming up. So Suze has been working with us here as a debt coach since she joined RFC, but prior to that, we've worked together for eight years. She's very experienced and enormously capable and will be ably supported by Helen, who's just been recruited. Yay! Uh, we're so delighted to have Helen on board. Uh, she's gonna, she is currently training as a debt coach and will be seeing new clients in the new year. So please support them, encourage them, pray for them, volunteer with them maybe if you have some time. It's a, an amazing work that opens doors for us to go into people's homes and see the, the, goodness of the God, goodness of God work into their lives. Maybe God's showing you something else. <clears throat> Maybe you need to pray. Let's all pray. Okay, the next one is listen. From the beginning of the Bible, uh, we see a God who listens. After the very first act of violence um, recorded in Scripture, it says the cries of the victim's heart, the victim, reach the ears of the Lord. And when his people were taken into slavery many years later, all those people crying out to God, uh, in, in, struggling with oppression, their cries were heard by God, and he moved. And he, interestingly, he could have just moved, said a word, and sorted it out. But he chose to work through 
Moses and Aaron, um, who seemed to be quite wobbly and normal and nervous. And so when I think of us and that sourdough starter, I think it doesn't look very promising, does it? But God uses not very promising to achieve his purposes. So we're all in, aren't we? And listening well takes time and attention, and Jesus was the master listener. You'll remember from his stories that um, when the blind man shouted out to him, he stopped to listen. When he felt power go out of him, he uh, stopped to hear the story of the one who touched him. When he spotted Zacchaeus in the tree, he changed his plans. They could have time together. And even at his very darkest hour, tortured, nailed to the cross and dying, he listened to the thief on his side. And he listened to the cries of his mum and acted. This is the God we serve. This is the one we want to be like. And I was just thinking that um, diaries and planners these days can be so helpful. We can get so much done and we can be so efficient. But Jesus, with his huge um, life's mission, didn't use anything of the sort and was routinely stopped by very ordinary people. And I just think, let's be like that. Let's, let's allow ourselves to be interruptible. Let's make a point of listing out for people who are in pain as part of our discipleship, as part of becoming like Jesus. A recent study from Talking Jesus indicated that 47% of the UK population don't know a practicing Christian. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Nearly half. If we live with believers, socialize with other followers, and maybe even like me, work with Christians, we need to go out of our way to meet others. Most people come to Jesus through a friend, but if half the population don't even know a practicing Christian, we've got work to do. And so, if normal life, if your normal life doesn't offer a regular means to listen to people who don't know Jesus, perhaps those whose voices are rarely heard, let's make space. Let's listen to people who aren't like us. Listen to those who are struggling. Listen to those who've been crying out to God. And let's be like Jesus, happily changing our plans to intentionally listen out for people in need. And there's no need to be overwhelmed by the need because remember the picture that Jesus gave us. We're just like those tiny yeasts. We don't have to do everything. We just do our little bit with everybody else and that makes a difference. We have a mighty, mighty God who listens and who saves, but we also need to listen. Which takes us to eat. Uh, And not only does Jesus use food as a kingdom metaphor, but he's given it to us as a great, great gift to work the kingdom across Reading. Sharing food is really important. For starters, it's memorable. Um, Baked goods for people in pain or meal trains for new families or food for people who who are sick. Um, it's rarely forgotten. Food opens doors. Uh, When food is offered in our local Buy Nothing group, people are shy to ask for it in a way that they really aren't when it comes to furniture and baby clothes and Wellingtons. But once you've shared food with somebody, once they've sat around your table or they've eaten food you've made, you've opened the door to friendship in in a really special and memorable way. And food is precious. Um, Through our CAP Centre, we see that food is one of the first things to go when people are struggling financially. I will never forget the lady, the mum, who was trying to get by on tea and biscuits, and not many biscuits at that, just to make ends meet. And another mum who lives just around the corner. She's got um, a grown-up son who can't work, and so 
before CAP anyway, she was trying to get by on £25 a week for food for both of them. And you might think for a challenge, you could do that for a week. But week after week, that is literally no fun. And the reality is, when you're struggling financially and your food suffers, so does your physical health and your mental health. And not even only that, uh, stats that I've read recently indicate that the life expectancy between the more deprived wards in Reading and the most affluent are 10, or 10 to 13 years different. So people who are struggling financially also get to have less time with their loved ones. I'm just thinking life in all its fullness. That is not that, is it? It's really important we share our food. And the, 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 also the truth is, wherever you live, there'll be people in your neighbourhood who are struggling with food. Uh, and I say that because we've had clients all over town. It's not just in one little area. <laughs> just laughing at the yawning in the front row. <laughs> um, it was knowing that people are struggling for food that inspired me just about a year ago to set up with some friends of mine uh, what's called a little free pantry. It's uh, a free, open all hours, 24-7, um, effectively a, a cupboard that has food in it. It can be cited anywhere. We've got ours in the Methodist church in the car park there. So anyone can get to it at any point. And it's, the message on the front says very simply, um, take what you need and give what you can. And that's been working for over a year now. Uh, it's inspired another one in Burfield, and both of them are really well used. You go there one day, it's full. The next day, either it's empty or completely different. New stuff's been put in. It's a great way that we can help our community to feed those who might be struggling, might not want to access a food bank, or might want the dignity of choice, or might just need something just that day, but not a whole thing. Whatever the reason, I wonder if maybe we could do something similar across town. Wouldn't that be cool? And finally, Jesus told us to eat and drink together to remember him, to celebrate his presence with us. Food is such a gift from God in so many ways. Let's not miss it. I wonder if you've yet found a way to eat frequently with people that don't know Jesus. Um, I used to have a monthly cake club. Uh, that works where I am. It might not work where you are. But something, something that you could do to eat regularly with other people. Uh, maybe a work from home. If you're working from home, invite neighbours to, to eat with you on a Friday lunchtime, or perhaps a bring and share kind of lunch once a month in your office, or a neighbour night with your family. Whatever would work for you, we're all different, aren't we? But find a way to eat with people that don't know Jesus and that need to have that love and kindness that can be so well shared through food. I mean, what kind of people do we want to be? People that have high walls and keep people out, or people with long tables that welcome them in? Uh, and it works both ways. Jesus said, don't hesitate. Do you know what he said to don't hesitate to do? Don't hesitate to accept hospitality. Brilliant. Uh, and Paul reminds us, always be eager to practice hospitality. So whether it's going to or bringing to, you know, either way, it's really important. Okay, the next S is serve. And we know that Jesus didn't come to be served but to serve. And again, he is our leader. He shows us the way in this. We serve partly to be like him and partly because the leaven hasn't yet got through the flower of our society. There's still much to do. And we can serve anyone at any time, but let's be like Jesus, intentionally seeking out those that are in pain. We know God hears their cries and invites us to carry the hope of the kingdom. Let's find somewhere to serve. Uh, I understand that every 15 minutes, a child goes into care. 
in the UK. According to a recent report from CAP, 8 million people are estimated to be going without heating or electricity completely, and a similar number skipping meals. Almost 20 million, so that's 37%, have cut out socialising and leisure altogether. And we are not built to live alone. That's not how God's made us. You might have heard the research that shows that prolonged isolation is as damaging as 15 cigarettes a day. So many people are isolated and, and need practical help. Maybe, maybe you could help in Torch, the great project going across our town Andy Dickens is working through, whereby people in need can call up and say, I need a prescription picked up. I need uh, a friend to come and visit. I need some uh, help with my garden. That might be something that appeals to you. Or maybe um, get involved with Starting Point. I was just speaking to Tim this morning. He was saying that the people that they've been meeting in A&E... Well, they'll often hear the phrase, we wouldn't be here without you. This is, it is life and death. <laughs> That's what it is. And if you're not facing any of those difficulties yourself, do you know others who are? Are we a family at Reading Family Church that prioritises, includes, and actively helps people facing hardship? Because seeking justice isn't just an optional part. It is not an optional part of our discipleship. It's right, key, front and centre at the heart of God. Here's just a few verses from the Psalms. It says, Give justice to the weak and the fatherless, maintaining the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Le- and then in Isaiah, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, and bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. In Luke, it says, Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they will get justice and quickly. And then when Jesus was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, so the ones that really thought they were following hard after God, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You pay tithes of mint, dill, and cumin, but you've disregarded the weightier matters of the law. Justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. RFC already serves Reading in in so many ways. I've mentioned the Cap Debt Centre and Torch. Um, Chapter 2 I've mentioned briefly too. It's the long-term mentoring for lads growing up without dads. Um, And as far as I know, none of the mentors who are part of RFC are youth workers. Only a few of them are dads and a tiny proportion actually have experience of their own teenage boys. But that is not important. Here's an email from one of the mums. She says, My son is very antisocial and scared to get attached, but his mentor is amazing, very kind, patient, and he doesn't give up when my lad doesn't want to go out. I'm extremely grateful for this. It makes me very emotional when I see them building a bond, which my lad doesn't have with his father or any male at all. You are so important in boys' lives. Keep doing that amazing work. (gasps) Yay! I know. That is just one of many that I've seen, and it's incredible the lives that these mentors are are making such a difference. They, They probably don't feel like they are. They're just turning up week after week and seeing their boy, but they are... They're showing the heart of God, the faithful, kind, loving heart of God, week by week. Maybe um, your ears pricked up when I mentioned fostering and adopting. Please speak to Kat Rundell. She is um, 
she works with Home for Good, who are inspiring churches to step into this area of need. Or maybe there's Ready Food, that, that might interest you. Ed and Judy are involved with that. Uh, it's a way whereby we can share our food with people who are struggling across our town. Yeah. Serving our town isn't just a way we get to obey Jesus, but also worship him through imitation. And if this is new to you, or you're thinking, how could I possibly fit that in? (laughs) Why not build a habit of one session a month, maybe three hours a month? Um, And if all the RFCs that are kind of actively involved and linked to us, 500 plus, if everyone did that, it's equivalent to nine or 10 full-timers fighting injustice in Reading. That is amazing, isn't it, how we can all add up and be like that, those little tiny wild geese joining together to make a difference. Don't despise a small beginning, but don't stop there either. Let's serve. Now, finally, stories. For many of us, certainly me, this is probably the hardest, because getting your words out in an individualistic culture where people would rather find their own way than trust in a God they can't see can be tricky, however much we love Jesus. But sharing stories isn't standing on a a box with a megaphone. If stories feels a step too far, why not just start with a few words? Easy, short words, easy, short sentences. And remember the transformation brought about by the leaven. It's thousands of microscopic active yeast, not one big mega yeast. (laughs) All our contributions are important. So how about Asking a few more questions. Jesus is the master of this. He asked over, he's recorded to have asked over 300 questions and only answered three, which I love. How about telling your neighbor who might be expecting a baby that your church family, your life group would love to do a meal train for them because we really care about, about babies, about new families. Maybe you could just offer to pray if someone's talking about something painful. So you believe in the power of prayer. Would it be okay if you prayed about that? How about telling your colleague that your church has a free debt center so that if they know anybody who's struggling with unmanageable debt, there is a means of hope and a solution here that's available to them. Maybe you could tell your friend that about whatever, whatever it was that you couldn't have got through without Jesus. Just get some words out. And it gives God a chance to do something else. Maybe the next person will sow the next seed. Maybe you could, if you use social media, you could pop a photo of your baptism on, um, on Facebook. You could tweet your favorite verse, just something. If you're writing a, a Happy New Home or a Get Well Soon card, pop your favorite verse in that too. Or when someone reminds you of Jesus, you could tell them that's what Jesus was like. Jesus did this, just short words. Um, you could invite them to carols under the Agora next month. You could invite them for pizza at your place afterwards. You could invite them to Alpha. It starts again in January. And come with them. Or maybe, like me, you'll be praying that God will give you an opportunity to share something of his goodness with your family when you meet them back at Christmas. Remember what Janine said. We don't want to allow anyone around us to think that Jesus isn't important to us. We don't want anyone around us to think that they're not important to us. And if all of us, 500 committed members of RFC, said something to spark faith, just spark faith every day, surely the kingdom would advance like that bubbly leaven making a great big mess in my fridge. Dear friends, church isn't a place where we just get to meet up to worship God. We're not just 
a lovely community for people of all ages and races and backgrounds to learn from each other and care about each other. In response to all Jesus has done for us, through the practices that we've been talking about for weeks now, we get to imitate him and contribute to the expansion of the kingdom in the place where he's put us, like leaven through flour. So let's not opt out due to busyness. Let's look at our lives and make space to practice these practices because we will get better with practice. And like pushing leaven through flour, it will take effort and time, but we can expect change as well. May God use us to push his kingdom, see the kingdom advance into every corner of Reading. May we leave it better than we found it. And like that stuff that's been passed around that brings power and life and transformation of flour, let's spur one another on to begin with prayer, to listen out for the sadness and questions around us, to eat with all different people. Let's serve together and let's share stories. We can do that. And if anybody would like to try the kind of bread that that wobbly stuff makes, I've got a loaf here that come, on, come and see me afterwards. I'd love to give it to you. Sean's